Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Near Death Dolls. I'm Paige. And I'm Lisa. And we are your hosties with the mosties. While talking about them ghosties. And other cluster suck shit. I have no idea what that is. It's a vampire pun. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. I'm excited to learn. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. Paige will be discussing the tale of the shoemaker of Breslau. Spoiler alert, the shoemaker is a vampire. Oh, damn. Oh, damn, indeed. But before we sink our teeth into that story, we wanted to let you fine folks know that we have a Patreon, which you can find the link to in the episode description, or just go to www.patreon.com slash Near Death Dolls podcast. Yes! And by joining, you can help support the show and get those awesome perky perks. You know what I mean? Jelly Bean? Perky perk. And uh, thank you to the unbelievably generous and awesome peeps that have already signed up. You guys are amazing. Now, speaking of cluster suck, <laughs> what will you be sucking down this moonlit night? Paige. I was just doing that to see if Lisa would say cluster suck. Uh, tonight I have a apple cider Moscow mule. Shut up. I love it. It is amazing. I will not shut up. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, um, please continue. <laughs> it is made from cock and bull ginger beer, kettle one vodka, yeah. and sugar bee apple cider. Very nice. 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 <laughs> I did make one mistake with it, though. It's not as tasty as I think it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have not flavored vodka. I have I only have flavored vodka. That's okay. It tastes weird, though. I, so the vodka I have is flavored with grapefruit and rose. So it's just a hint of grapefruit and rose. Kettle One's actually really good about that. They don't go overboard. But that mixed with the other stuff, it, it that was my fault. I should have got some regular vodka. That's okay. Right. But I do recommend it. It's a, a very mm-hmm. tasty drink. I will have to try that. That sounds fun. Yeah, super good. Super good. What about you? What's What are you sucking on? I'm sucking on a buzz ball. Hell yeah, you are. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I've had that. Uh, I've had a peach chiller buzz ball in the back of my little fridge, and I've forgotten about it. It's been behind a whole bunch of other stuff that we finally cleared it out, and I'm like, score! So I'm sipping on a buzz ball. I cut it with a sparkling water because I am not 20 years old anymore, sadly. <laughs> I mean, I look pretty good for 30-something, but uh, yeah, I don't want to hang over tomorrow. And buzzballs are so strong. Girl, you preach into the choir on that one. I remember the first time I tried one on your recommendation. They are mm-hmm. so good, but I sucked it down like half of it, and I was like, oh <laughs> Yeah, uh-oh, indeed. <laughs> Very tasty, though. Which flavor was it again? Peach chiller. Ooh. Tester. Very tester. <laughs> well, let's get into the shoemaker of Breslau. Please. Let's do it. I'm, I'm excited for this one. I'm a big fan of vampires. Ditto. Me and Lisa have watched Interview with the Vampire together. That was very mm-hmm. fun back in very high school. Very fun. Can I ask you, Paige, um, do you have a favorite vampire? You mean like fictional? Yes. Yes. Do you have a favorite fictional vampire? Oh, uh, goodness. Uh, probably Lestat. All right. All right. Yeah. 
Now, Tom Cruise Lestat. I did not see Queen of the Damned, so I cannot speak to that Lestat, but he looks like a punk-ass bitch to me. <laughs> Some people love him. I've heard that, and I see, I've seen him in other movies. Like, he was in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen as um, the guy with the portrait, Dorian Gray. Oh, I didn't see that, but okay. And, well, anyway, I mean, I didn't like him in that either, so I was kind of <laughs> just, like, lame. I didn't like him as Lestat. I didn't want him to be Lestat, but I understand. You can't get Tom Cruise again for, for that role. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. But I loved Lestat. Tom Cruise as Lestat. I don't even like Tom Cruise in many other movies, but he was amazing as Lestat. I'll, I'll agree with you there. What about you? What's your favorite? Well, I guess I have a newer favorite because, you know, I'm obsessed with what we do in the shadows. <gasps> yes. And uh, Naja is my favorite vampire of all time now because she's just so funny. <laughs> she's so funny and great. And oh my God, I love her. I love how she always, she sticks up for like ladies she does and i i appreciate that uh she has a feminist edge to her and that's very much appreciated i just enjoy her that's my favorite vampire man you've converted me i forgot all about her i feel like a terrible person <laughs> i'm always thinking about the handsome ones <laughs> that's okay you can have a favorite male and a favorite female if you want there you go there you go favorite male might actually be her husband in that show but <laughs> oh, really uh laszlo yeah he's awesome they're t- they are so funny I love them together. Good choice. Good choice. If you guys haven't seen What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show or the movie, I recommend watching them both. Uh, But for the vampire folklore that we're going to talk about today, this is early European medieval shit. So they don't look quite like the Lestats and the Count Draculas that we're used to. Boo. I know, right? They look more like zombies, maybe ghouls, maybe even mummies, really. Okay. This is this is a little bit of a description of the vampire. They're bloating corpses with blood seeping from their mouths, covered in a funeral shroud made of linen, and some of them got big ol' erections. I was going to say this sounds like me on laundry day, but I'm usually <laughs> lacking the erection. Usually. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> Laundry's not that fun. <laughs> You're like bloated and covered in a death shroud. And <laughs> like, yep, me on laundry day, no makeup. In mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, holy pajama pants. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say I have the erection. The erection part, maybe not so much, but so much. it might, you know, that's the thing is that um, they don't have fangs or anything like that. So it could just be anybody, even on their laundry day. Laundry day vampire. Gotta have a clean cape. <laughs> Indeed you do. Especially if you're seeping different bodily fluids. <laughs> if you're seeping blood from your mouth and you can't really control it because you're more of a ghoul than a real vampire. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You gotta watch that shit. So, where did the folklore vampire come from? Vampire. The vampire. We're gonna boil it down to its most basic form and see that the fear of death quickly becomes fear of the dead. Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) But before we actually get into vampy boys, here is my source for today. I got this information from a book. It's called Vampires, Burial, and Death. I feel like you've mentioned this one before, right? Yes, I'm sure I have because I love it. Yeah, it's by Paul Barber. He works for UCSD, I believe, but the book itself is from the Yale Library, Vampires, Burial, and Death. Ooh, aren't we fancy and scholarly? (sighs) Not me. I mean, I got it used, but... But it's fascinating. It's a really interesting book. It looks into the medieval views on disease and decomposition based 
in folklore. So, like, he read a bunch of ancient vampire folklore and gleaned from it what people believe at the time happens when a body decomposes. Pretty gross stuff, but we're not going to get too much too much into that specifically unless a future episode happens. I highly recommend getting that book for anyone who, like me, gets a, a huge old nerd boner for folklore and mythos. <laughs> So you're the one with the erection. Apparently I am. <laughs> a nerdy erection. Gotcha, gotcha. That, I think that's the last time I say erection in this episode. <laughs> All right, guys. If Paige says erection one more time in this episode, have a drink. Do a shot. Everybody have a shot. I'll just say erection for that purpose then. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, let's get into it. So we don't know who exactly said, oh, uh, dead bodies can turn into vampires. We don't know where exactly that came from. But we do know that over the last several centuries, because of disease and, you know, fear of death, many dead bodies have been dug up, beheaded, burned, or staked because people believed that it was a vampire. Depending on the country you're in, the vampire is called something different. The only time in the medieval days that it was actually called the word vampire or vampire was in Slavic folklore. Oh, neato. And that word either means witch or drink. They don't know which one. <laughs> so okay. it's either a witch or they're drinking. <laughs> Something's lost in translation. They don't know exactly where that word came from, but all of the different countries called them something different. So for instance, they called them like a ghost, a revenant, a ghoul, uh, you know, all kinds of different things. We are going to call our monster vampire, but in fact, in Prussian folklore, he was referred to as a ghost. Oh, okay. I can see that. Yes. But as you'll see, it's the same thing. It's the same oh. kind of story. So Breslau, Poland is where we're going right now. Woo woo. All aboard. Yes. Get on that uh, time travel train. <laughs> we're going to the 1590s. And one quick trigger warning before we get into this. The story and the folklore deals with topics of suicide. Noted. Yes. And if anybody's still around, let's get into it. The Shoemaker of Breslau. So an unnamed shoemaker in Breslau one morning went out onto his back porch and committed suicide by slitting his throat with a razor. Damn. I know. I don't know what kind of issues he was having. I don't, he doesn't even have a name in this account, so <laughs> it's hard to say what was going on. But once his wife found the body, her and her sisters panicked and did everything they could to make sure people didn't know that he had committed suicide. Oh, they were trying to cover it up? Yes. Yes. Okay. They were trying to cover it up. And the reason is because at that time, if someone was found to have killed themselves, their family was disgraced and their body wasn't buried in consecrated ground. Oh, shit. Like, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. Exactly. It's a, it's a backward view. But it, it stems out of fear. They, their bodies, uh, the bodies of people who had committed suicide were buried at crossroads or abandoned in the wilderness. And the reason that they saw suicide as a sin, well, that they saw it as a sin was a big part of it. Is a, in the Christian faith, suicide is a sin. Possibly because of that, the person who committed suicide is then destined to return as a vampire. So that's why they're afraid of the body. It's not even necessarily, I, it, from the story, it doesn't even look like they viewed it as a sin so much that they were like, oh shit, that body's coming back to get us. Other types of death that lead to vampirism include being murdered, drowned, attacked by wild animals, 
or you fell off your horse and died. Oh, shit. Is any number of things. Basically, if you die before your time, you're going to become a vampire. I feel like a lot more people would be vampires then. That's why they, they dug up so many bodies. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes more sense. All right. But let's solved. not forget disease as well, because oh, yeah. as we know from an episode that you did, or, or one of our mini episodes, you talked about how uh, in Rhode Island there was a vampire scare and that was from consumption right yes yeah so consumption black plague any disease that spreads through a town they immediately go to the first person who died of it and think that's got to be the vampire and one thing is because dead people are easy targets they don't talk back not usually not you hopefully not anyway (laughs) but secondly they're not wrong that first person really did kind of come after the other people he just did it through bacteria and it you know it starts with the close family and friends who spent the most time with them and in reality it's a plague rat with fleas that actually is causing all of this they just are gonna blame vampires easy targets yep yeah unfortunately but i guess it doesn't really matter they're already dead but to the wife and the sisters they were like okay we got to figure this out quick They told everyone he died of a stroke, first of all, and they took his body to the old woman in town whose job it was to wash dead bodies and prepare them for burial. They paid her a little bit extra to sew up the wound in his neck. Very nice, very nice. Trying to make it look natural, I guess. A little bribery, if you will. <laughs> a little, Yeah, a little bribery, yeah. A little extra under the table money. Under the coffin, if you will. Under the coffin. <laughs> she readily accepted and sewed it up for them, and she was sworn to secrecy. She wasn't supposed to tell anybody about it. Of course. It. That's part of the extra payment, you know. But then, as was customary, they wrapped the body in a thick linen shroud. So after that, there was no, you know, no one was the wiser. So three days after his death, the shoemaker was buried in the churchyard mm-hmm. at a very lavish ceremony. Apparently he was a rich shoemaker. Really? I guess. Or maybe just middle class. I don't know. Just goes to show, you know, money doesn't equal happiness. No, that's a very good point. Make shoes all your life. Make a but lot of money. You know what? I'd be happier crying into a pile of hundreds than, than tissue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make light. I'm sorry. Well, no, it's true, though. I mean, he uh, he was rich and it didn't matter. His wife had just given birth. That was probably a big stressor for him. Aww. Who knows? After his death, that should have been the end of it. But the rumor started circling around of this guy's suicide. And I think maybe the old woman spilled her guts a little like, hey, you know that guy? He died of suicide. You know, <laughs> like I know a big secret. Can't keep your mouth shut and you are paid good too, lady. That's right. You gotta keep your mouth. She's like, whatever, I'm old. <laughs> I'm gonna say whatever I want. <laughs> you know what? Snitches get stitches. Let's just start there. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, she can give stitches. That's for oh. sure. But anyway. <laughs> but in the story, they figured out that this guy was a vampire because his spirit roamed the town and invaded people's houses at night. Oh shit. Yep, here it goes. This is the vampire part. It would appear in their bedroom. It looked like him, so they're like, oh, it's gotta be him. Gotta be. It would appear in the bedroom, lay down in the bed with them, and tried to smother them. Crap. Yeah. (laughs) Booty call. Sorry. Um... But that's actually one of the translations I looked up online because I I read the translation he did in the book and I was just kind of curious to see if anyone else had translated it differently. To booty call? No, it didn't transfer quite to booty call. Okay. Somebody did say like, and the ghost went around, you know, tormenting people and sexually assaulting others. And I was like, what? I did not read that in the original text. (laughs) Somebody gleaned that. (laughs) (laughs) 
but um, apparently it would it would do that. It would try to smother them. And in vampiric folklore, vampires and other manner of ghoulies, all kinds of them, like witches even, they would Ooh. visit people at night in their dreams. Oh, nice. Right. Yes. Fun, because it's a dream. But they didn't realize that it was just a dream. Apparently, Mr. Barber, the author of the book, he said that there's a medieval belief that the image of a person in your dreams means that that person's soul or spirit is actually visiting you in your dreams. I've had a lot of weird visitors. I know, right? Right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> if, if I'm dreaming about you tonight, Lisa, we're going to party. <laughs> I just want to know how uh, some celebrities have visited me if they don't even know me. Wink, wink. Maybe they do. <laughs> maybe they do. Maybe they're all over our Instagram. Idris Elba, if you know me. You've been in my dreams. Maybe you should come visit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, um, so if the person you see in your dreams is a someone who has passed away recently, that's when you automatically assume that it's a vampire. Oh, okay. But also, I mean, he's been quote unquote feeding on you, like smothering the life out of you and feeding on it. That's the, the idea behind that. And what that kind of sounds like, very interestingly, is our old frenemy sleep paralysis. Oh, that old sleep paralysis. It's it's the cause of and solution to all of our freaky problems. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, you could think about anything that people have, you know, said they've seen in their bedroom, like abductions, even possessions in some cases, because it makes you feel like you're completely awake. And so you don't perceive it as being a dream. You think it's real. And if you're panicking and having paralysis, you know, you can't breathe very well. You're starting to freak out. And you also feel like something's on your chest in some cases. So that possibly mixed with some undiagnosed sleep apnea that could also cause choking in your sleep. It could very well lead to people assuming that this person really was coming in their room and trying to steal their breath at night. And while no one actually died, they felt like he was trying to kill them. And so there was a big panic uproar in the streets. Everybody was like, I've seen him too. He's been in my room every night this week, that kind of thing. So they're like, we got to figure out how to stop this shoemaker in his tracks before he actually kills somebody. Well, the citizens of Breslau continued to have nightmares for eight months after he was buried. Well, damn, maybe there is something to that. It sounds a little bit like mass hysteria, which we've discussed in previous episodes, like the toxic woman. But uh, just a quick brief recap. Would you like to recap that for us, Lisa? What is mass hysteria? Well, I I think it usually starts with one person and then spreads to other people where they, I believe they experience one or more of the same symptoms. And I think that classifies it as mass hysteria, um, whether it's real or imagined. Real or imagined, exactly. Yes, so one person could say it and be completely genuine or, you know, trying to fake people out and then other people hear it and experience the same symptoms. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how these things escalate. It kind of reminds me of like whenever you maybe hear a story of someone getting like attacked by fire ants or something and you start getting itchy or, you know, you start like, ooh. Yeah, or people talking about lice or fleas Mm -hmm. or any, yeah, you start to feel itchy, mosquito bites. I'm literally itching right now. (laughs) Me too. Lice, I'm like, I know, I just started itching my legs where I have a bunch of mosquito bites. It's it's like an empathetic thing. You feel what the person's telling you because you feel bad for them a little bit, you know, and you're kind of scared that'll happen to you. Yeah, so that, that was attacking the town of Breslau. So the council 
of the town, which had previously been ignoring the requests to dig up the body, finally was like, this is too much. You guys need to find something to calm you down. The thing with these stories about these medieval vampires is that anybody in authority tends to put it down to superstition, whereas the citizens, it's life and death to them. Right. Those are their beliefs. Yeah, right, right. So the council was like, yeah, blah, 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 whatever. You guys are just being stupid. But then it got to the point where eight months later, people were still freaking out about this guy. So they're like, okay, whatever, go dig him up. I'm sure people are dreaming of him because it's constantly on their minds. I think so too, yeah. One of the sections in the story says that he would especially visit people who were basically had a really long day of work, were very tired, but very stressed out. And he would attack them specifically. And that's kind of like, oh, they're having, they're stressed out, having stressed dreams. And what's stressing everybody out in town right now is thinking that he's a vampire. Yeah. So it, it perpetuates itself. Um, so they do, they got the permission. They went and uh, dug up his body and began to examine it for signs of being a vampire. We're going to talk a little bit about decomp for the next couple minutes. Gets a little Ugh. gross. Yeah, gets a bit gross. Uh, We're getting into some forensic territory here. They said that the body was preserved and not decomposed as they thought it should have been. Here are the reasons they thought that. First of all, he was blown up like a drum, quote unquote. And that's in reference to him being bloated. Right, because the body releases all these gases as it's breaking down, causing bloating. Yes, exactly. It's a normal part of decomposition, particularly for bodies that haven't been embalmed, which they didn't do back then. So they're looking at this. They're seeing that the body's bloated and it gives the appearance of plumpness as if the corpse has been feeding after death. Uh, it's like having a good meal. Yes, you got the food baby. <laughs> <laughs> Have food triplets right now. I know, right? That's what I'm looking for when I eat dinner later. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so they thought that that meant it's still alive because it's eating and it's mm-hmm. eating off of us because we're tired. Secondly, the body is showing no sign of stiffness of the joints. But what do we know about rigor mortis? Gives you an erection. Oh, I said it. <laughs> drink. Everybody take a drink. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say it, but uh, I had to throw it out there. Yeah. Well, there. Yeah, actually, that's another part of the plump list that I did not mention. They called it wild signs. Oh my. Instead of an erection, it was like a uh, euphemism. <laughs> oh dear, he looks so wild. <laughs> oh, untamed. That's <laughs> all right. Woo! He's been poking that thing at me every time he comes into my dreams. <laughs> Ew. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I started it. Hey, everybody take another drink. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) um, but the thing is with rigor mortis is that it goes away after 36 hours, completely goes away. So if you dig up a body eight months later, there's no way it's going to still have rigor mortis. But the people assumed that once rigor mortis set in that that was it. It just stayed stiff the rest of the time. And that's the reason they didn't know that was because rightfully so they're afraid of dead bodies because of contagion they didn't know that word but you know yeah so they would wrap them up very quickly throw them in the ground within a couple days and they never really got to the point at least in medieval europe of knowing that rigor mortis goes away so the next sign is that he was experiencing skin slippage. Ew. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Just a quick description here if for those of you who don't know. Skin slippage is when 
the skin of the hands and the feet particularly, because that's where it starts, start to pull away, revealing stronger, quote unquote, like brighter, stronger skin underneath because it's the next layer of skin. Gross. Everybody take a, a gross shot, a gross out shot. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to skip it. I'm going to skip it. Maybe, maybe don't take a gross out shot if you're close to uh, up chucking. <laughs> yeah, I'm closer to that. Yeah. But they, the reason that this was a sign of vampirism to them was because it reminded them of, it didn't say this in the book, but in folklore, they say that that looks like a snake shedding its skin. Ew. And snakes in the Bible are kind of creatures of the devil. So therefore, if you're experiencing symptoms like a snake, you're evil, right? Well, I mean, if I get a sunburn, I shed. Same. (laughs) (laughs) I get those sunburns very easily. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, so they... They would be very careful. I mean, as careful as possible. If some, they didn't want to leave people out in the woods. Like, let's say somebody did fall off of their horse and died in the woods. They would hope to find that body sooner than a snake did. Because if a snake found it, the snake wouldn't uh, possess the body. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's another way somebody could become a vampire if a snake possesses your body. <laughs> wow, I'm learning so much. There are so many fun ways to become a vampire. (laughs) What if you fall in a snake pit? Are you just doomed? Yeah, I guess you're already a vampire at that point. As soon as you hit, fangs pop out. One more thing about his foot. This one isn't gross. He had a strange rose-shaped birthmark on his toe, and it was kind of hidden on his toe. Mm -hmm. So, like in the witch trials, they assumed this was a mark that he was a sorcerer. You know, like in the witch trials, they'd see freckles and moles and Mm -hmm. birthmarks and they'd be like, well, this is proof that she's a witch. Anyway, so they're like, oh, see, he's a sorcerer. Sorcerers turn into vampires when they die. Gotta be a vampire. Kinda gotta. I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I guess so. If you believe one, you gotta believe the other. (laughs) But they decided, because of all these signs, they said this guy is definitely a vampire. He's definitely trying to steal our spirits away and inhabit our bodies and all kinds of crazy things. So they put him under constant surveillance out in the open a little bit. Mm -hmm. Still in a building, but where everybody could go and see him and make sure he was there and not bothering them. This poor guy. I hope he's like in heaven, like looking down, like shaking his head, like, okay, whatever. Crazy bitches. Yeah, y'all's got issues. <laughs> they left him up for 20 days, this rotting corpse. Oh, grody. I know, pretty gross. They even said, they said that while he was on display during these 20 days, his body got even more plump, so more swollen. And that was further proof because his bodies aren't supposed to change while you're looking at them. He's gotta be a vampire i don't know very strange okay so this is what eight months later mm-hmm. eight months after he was buried i think he would be I, I don't i don't i think he would have been way more decomposed though right i agree they were talking about this at nauseum in the book ad nauseum uh-huh. they said that the the body decomposes at different rates depending on the climate in which it was buried okay so 
for this one, he doesn't know because it doesn't say that the guy was buried in October 1st or whatever, but it's like it's possible maybe if he was buried when it was colder, his body would have preserved a little bit longer. Maybe they just happened to bury him a little bit extra deeper, which could preserve him a little bit longer. There's all kinds of factors when you don't embalm the body. So it's not predictable really in those cases. So anyway, what he's trying to say is like these people jump to conclusions whereas there's a lot of natural explanations for why a body decomposes at a different rate. Yeah. So I mean it's it's a whole thing. We could go on and on. <laughs> but it's kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't thing because if you decompose too fast, you're definitely a vampire. If you decompose too slow, you're definitely a vampire. And half of the actual signs of decomposition point to you being a vampire. (laughs) Yeah, okay. You you make a very valid point. You're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, yeah. If they have already gotten to the point where they're digging up a body, they're going to make damn sure that no matter what it looks like, it's a vampire. You're not good enough to be just dead. (laughs) I know, right? We got to blame somebody and it's going to be you one way or the other. (laughs) But that this is this part's kind of interesting is that medieval people, they knew that bodies were supposed to decompose and they knew that eventually it would just be a skeleton, but they did not trust that body whatsoever until the point that it was actually a skeleton. They waited a little while. Yeah, yeah, they actually have a custom of second burial where they wait eight years after the person's death, wherein the family comes in, digs up the body. At that point, it's usually a skeleton, and they wash the bones and put them in a house called ossuary. So there's houses in each village that have a bunch of bones inside of them from the mm-hmm. second burial. Oh. Because at that point, they trust the bodies. <laughs> They're like, see, this." They, they think that once all of the flesh is gone and it's just a skeleton, the spirit has truly left no matter what, it's not evil anymore. Like it has no muscle left to, to move around the skeleton. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's something in it that the flesh is part of the soul. And once the flesh is gone, I guess. There's no way the soul would hang around a bunch of bones. I guess not. You're yeah. free to go, man. Free to go. Yeah, exactly. They're like, okay, now this body's safe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's strange. It's a strange custom, but very interesting. If you look it up in ossuaries, some of them have very beautifully painted skeletons and skulls. Oh, that's kind of neat. Fun craft yeah. project. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like um, in some catacombs, they have that as well. But being on display and under constant surveillance did not calm the vampire, strangely enough. Strange. So strange. <laughs> Why would that do that? I don't know. That seems more threatening than soothing to me, but mm-hmm. they tried to bury it under the gallows, which also didn't work. It kept attacking townsfolk with more and more ferocity. So they decided it's time to kill the shoemaker again. Oh, good God. Can this guy please rest in peace <laughs> he will soon but it's gonna take a lot <laughs> like it. so the wife came forward under much peer pressure from her neighbors to admit that her husband had not died of a stroke but he had in fact committed suicide which was why all of this mass hysteria not mass hysteria why they thought that this guy was a vampire coming back So she admitted it to the council. The council said, okay, I guess we've got to do something about this. So she gave her permission for them to kill the body again. I don't know if they really needed her permission to do that or if her saying it made the council be like, okay, fine, let's do it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so they they dug up his body from the gallows. This is probably nine or ten months after he died. And they started the dismemberment. They cut off his head, hands, and feet. Okay. That's a good start, I guess. So he's not really going anywhere, but... <laughs> you see him rise in the evening and just falls over because he has no feet. <laughs> he's like, damn it! <laughs> what the fuck? But... Um, they did describe later in the book that in order to cut the head off of a vampire, you have to use a sexton spade. I had to look what that, what that is. It's just a, like a gardening tool with a long handle. So if you're far enough away, cause you got a long sexton spade and you cut the head off with that, you're less likely to get corpse goo on yourself. We're always trying to avoid the corpse goo, aren't we? <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> yes. So that's how they would probably have cut the head off. But they also cut off his hands and feet. They cut out his heart from the back. They went in through his back to get his heart out. Why? Is there a reason for that? I think just doing overkill. They're like, you know, there's different methods for getting rid of a vampire. Let's do all of them. <laughs> <laughs> just to be on the safe side, right? Just to be on the safe side. Yes. And they said that when they took his heart out, it looked like it was from a freshly slaughtered calf. So it was still, apparently, it looked like it was still alive. So they've effectively killed the vampire, right? Yeah. Oh, wait, not yet. Oh. First, they're going to burn his body. Damn it. I know, right? They, It's not good enough to completely dismember them. You have to also take all of those body parts and throw them onto a big old, you know, funeral pyre. Also, they posted guards at the funeral pyre. So while the body was burning, no sorcerers came to collect the bones or ashes to be used in magic spells. You gotta watch out for their sorcerers, man. You gotta watch out for their sorcerers. Their sorcerers are after you. <laughs> you gotta watch out for their sorcerers, Paige. They'll get you. Yes, I agree. They <laughs> Apparently that happened a lot back then. I don't know. They thought that this dude was a sorcerer because of the mark on his toes, so they probably saw sorcerers everywhere. But not even that was enough. What they did afterwards is they took up all the ashes, whatever was left over from the funeral pyre, put it in a bag, and threw that into running water. Huh? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh. That's the last straw. That's all you got to do, I guess, afterwards is throw it into running water, and then the vampire is completely neutralized. They, like, wipe their hands, like, all right, job well done, <laughs> fellas, job well done. <laughs> I'll meet you at the pub. <laughs> Let's go get a pint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'll tell you why water is so important for vampires. Is it cleansing? Close up the pores on this face. No, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah, basically, yeah, it's cleansing. So water is a natural thing that came from, you know, Mother Earth. So if something unclean is in it, like a vampire or something that's undead, it floats because the water rejects it. And it's very similar to witch trials where they would throw ladies in and say, well, if they float, they're witches. They're a witch. <laughs> yeah. And if they drown and sink, well, well, we know now. Exactly. Oh, they were innocent. Bless their souls. They're, they're yeah. with God now. <laughs> it's okay that we killed them because, you know, they're innocent. Yeah. So apparently all of these creatures, all of the folklore baddies float in water. And that's the way to tell how bad they are. Well, that's that's great. That's a great uh, measurement tool. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, as, as we've heard in many of our true crime documentaries that we love to watch, if you throw a dead body into the water, it's going to float. So you're, it's going to be found, basically, unless you know how to weigh it down. 
Yeah, just puncture the lungs, the air will go out, and you're good. Yeah, and also apparently the intestines too, because that's another reason it floats is the methane gases. Looky there, we learn something every day. And hopefully we get to forget. No, I'm just kidding. That's just pretty And then gross, don't though. use this information. <laughs> no, do not use the information. And do not blame <laughs> unless, us. <laughs> unless there's vampires? I don't know. <laughs> you know what? It's probably real. not a vampire, guys. Don't don't be killing. Right. I mean, first assumption, probably not a vampire. But, you know, I love vampires too. I get it. But <laughs> so actually, it's pretty interesting. He s- describes, he thinks that what happened was people found dead bodies floating in the river, possibly murder victims or drowning victims. And it created this folklore that water rejects undead things. And they thought, okay, well, vampires can't cross running water. Now we can use running water. Uh, like, for instance, there is a practice in Greece of burying vampires on islands because it's completely surrounded by running water and they can't go anywhere. I love that idea so much. And I love the vampires. That's like a new, that needs to be a new reality show. Hell yeah. Man, bury me there. It sounds like a party. <laughs> Although once the sun comes up, you're kind of fudged. Well, that's true. You got to go back, back to bed. But yeah, like I want, I kind of want to touch back on the witches thing again, because in the book, he talks about how there's no real distinctions between witches, vampires, revenants, ghosts, demons, even werewolves. They're all identified the same way. After death, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Oh. They're all identified the same way after death and European folklore in the mm. medieval times, at least. Okay. And Christianity links them all to Satan. So they're all, you know, from the same source. And when the witch slash sorcerer slash werewolf dies... They automatically become a ghost slash revenant slash demon slash vampire. Gosh, that's a lot to put on their resume. <laughs> I see here you have quite a few job titles in your past. <laughs> <laughs> Please elaborate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, you see, sir, <laughs> I was a werewolf. Now I'm a vampire. <laughs> Got promoted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so I think it's kind of interesting that Stephen King would put in his his book that we all float down here because they really all do. That's crazy. I didn't even think of that. It freaked me out. I've been hearing that in my head like like it got stuck in my head like a song. Mm-hmm. We all float down here, however he says it. Ooh. Yeah, he was creepy, man. The new it. Yes, but awesome. It was. It was super awesome. I love those movies. But yeah, that's the story of the shoemaker of Breslau after, after he got dismembered burnt and thrown into water his ghost was never seen again i guess that was the solution to the problem yeah Yeah. happy ending right happy endings all around (laughs) yeah i'm sure they were happy i'm sure of it but (laughs) i mean i like that story i think it's interesting because it's a it's more of a first-hand quote-unquote realistic account of a vampire because it just sounds like they described what happened and there was no like and then the vampire rose into the sky and the sky turned red and you know blood rained down or something you know it doesn't go too crazy right right it's it's kind of an honest for the most part telling it doesn't sound like this guy actually was running around feeding right yeah it was all in somebody's nightmares and it got spread through fear and mass hysteria and then they quote unquote took care of the problem i guess if he was already dead yeah exactly and there there is so much more vampire folklore that we could talk about that i've gotten from this book but that's just gonna have to wait for another episode (laughs) another episode guys get ready 
That's right. Maybe in a while. It's going to take me a while to get over this and yes. <laughs> talk about it again. <laughs> That's fine. We have years and years to come. That's right, bitches. You're going to get episodes from us forever. And I say bitches in a very loving way. Of course. You my spooky bitches. And when I say mine, I mean ours. Me of and Of course. Lisa. We do share <laughs> bitches equally. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Share and share alike. <laughs> that's our episode for today we love you guys listening be sure to check us out on instagram at near death dolls podcast you can tweet us on the twitter at near death dolls and please send us an email to near death dolls at gmail.com with your spooky creepy weird personal story you want us to share in a future listener story episode be sure to let us know if we can use your name or not Put in the subject line, listener story or dear dollies, whichever you prefer. And tell us if we can use your social media or your name in the story or if you'd rather be anonymous. And if you like what you heard, let us know by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also help by taking a screenshot while you're listening to the episode. And share on Instagram or Twitter and be sure to tag us. Uh, If you feel like joining in the fun and coming over to the Dark Dolly side, and join our <laughs> Patreon for some delicious extras. Yum yum. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dearest Dolly faces, you guys rock. Till next time. Bye bye. Bye bye. Happy spooky month. Spooky month. Dun, dun, dun. All I can think about is that happy holiday song, except I change it to spooky holidays. Spooky holidays. <laughs> spooky <laughs> holidays. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) A special thanks to Sam Hears for our art and music. If you'd like to see more from him, check out the links in our show notes.